Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you are here with us today, that you have chosen to worship with us. Today is a, a special day in the life of our church. You may look around and see some of us all wearing the same shirt. Uh, we don't typically do that every Sunday. We don't just match every week. But uh, today we kick off Vacation Bible School, and we look forward to a very special week at Vacation Bible School. The flowers that are placed in our sanctuary this morning are placed in honor of Ellen Humphreys and her birthday, which was yesterday. They are placed uh, in the sanctuary this morning by Roger and Jonathan and Matthew and Jillian. And so Ellen, we wish you a happy birthday. <laughs> As we begin our worship this morning, uh, I invite you to meditate, to open your hearts and your minds uh, as we extend this call to worship together. Oh God, your constant love reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness extends to the skies. Your righteousness towers like the mountains. Your justice is deeper than the sea. All find protection under the shadow of your wings. We feast on the abundance you provide. You are the source of all life, and in your light we see light. We're glad that you're here with us this morning. Our hymn is number 340, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name, 340. If you are able, please stand and join in singing.
client just asked me what all this stuff was for. Got balls and helmets and everything everywhere. Tonight is Bible school night. And it is a fun time because everybody likes to play ball, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I know you do. But I want to read you a scripture that's the basis of our Bible school tonight. And it's 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. God's power has given us everything we need to lead a godly life. All of this has come to us because we know God who chose us. He chose us because of his glory and his goodness. I want you to look at Miss Ellen's ball here. Jude's already found it. But it's got all kinds of words on it. One of the words is you. We're going to study what God did for you. Miss Ellen. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. What? I'm going to get the basketball and then go to the gym. Later. Later we're going to play basketball, okay? Will that be all right? Okay. And then another word is believe. Do you know that Jesus believes in you every day? He wants to make sure that you are safe and taken care of. And one night we're going to learn about believing that God and Jesus believe in you. And then another night we're going to learn about hope. The hope that God gives you. So every night it's going to be about sports, but it's more importantly, it's the game that we are learning to play each day when we believe in Jesus. And I have a ball for you. Yes, I do. Promise me you won't roll it down the aisle during church. You will. I know you will. And every one of them has a scripture on it that we're going to study one night at Bible school. This one is joy. But it says, Jesus helps you, be you believe. Yeah. Yes. So here's one for you. Can you give them out? Yeah. Okay, can you give your friends a ball? Can you give Jane? There you go. Give everybody a ball. And tonight, you can come early, and we're going to play out in the yard. We're going to have all kinds of games going on. Then we're going to have supper, and then we're going to go to Bible school. And I want to see every one of you coming out tonight to have a good time. All right, Jude, you want to yell? Can you yell in the... Nope? Okay. All right, one time. Well, Wyatt, I've never known you to be quiet. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for these children. For the thought of Bible school, we see in them joy. We see hope. We see love. We see you. We believe in you, Lord, and what you do for them every day. I ask that you take care of them and keep them safe. Open their hearts and their eyes to listen and hear and know that you are with them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Ellen, thank you all of the VBS workers and teachers who are out there this morning, some of many of which have their t-shirts on today. We thank you for all you're doing to help prepare and all you will do this week. Uh, VBS is a tiring week for some, but it's also just an exciting week as well. It's, it's an energy that you want to extend uh, as we love on children and teach them about Jesus. And it's an exciting week. Julie wanted me to mention, and I wanted to mention these things as well, but tonight uh, is a family night for everyone. I know that it's bounce houses out front, and some of you might not want to do that. Uh, you might be a little older, or you know, hurt, you don't want to hurt your back or anything, but nevertheless, it's a family night in that come out, watch the kids, uh, just be together. There'll be adults standing around talking, and we have a lot of fun together, but it's at 4.30 on the, the front lawn or the side lawn? the side loan, right over here at 4.30. Uh, Julie needs some help with uh, registration and with a, a drink stand. They'll be here at three setting up and doing some things. We also need help with registration tonight as well. And so if you're willing to help with those things, see Julie or just show up and we will find something for you to do tonight. But it's always a fun time. Come, we need help, like I said, registering the kids and getting those information. And as we think about the sports theme, we just can't help but mention we need cheerleaders. And so come and just uh, speak a positive positive word, encouraging word to a child tonight. Uh, speak an encouraging word to the workers. We may need those a little more towards Wednesday or Thursday night, so keep those, um, that cheerleading spirit uh, with you, but uh, come and, and be a part of things tonight. They kick off at 4.30, and then each week will be, each night will be at 6 o'clock out front, and we will gather and then come in for our worship rally. So be in prayer for our leaders and our teachers this week. We're looking forward just to a wonderful time. Many of you have asked, and I am grateful, uh, I feel like this trip to Guatemala is not already, is not just the team that's going, but the church is, is rallying around this team, and I am grateful for that. But many of you have expressed concern saying, how are things in Guatemala in relationship to the team and the volcano that's been erupting? And um, first of all, let me say this before we talk about our trip. Let's continue to be in prayer for the people of Guatemala as they have uh, suffered a tremendous tragedy these last seven to 10 days with the eruption of this volcano. Lives have been lost and lives are still, uh, people are still struggling uh, mightily in recovering from this. And so let's be in prayer for that country and for the many of the churches that are responding. I talked to the missionaries this week and many of the churches around Guatemala, even those hours away, are responding, sending meals, sending food in uh, to where uh, the area that has been affected by this. The area that we will stay in August has not been affected and will not be affected by Fuego, the volcano that is erupting or has recently erupted. The airport, which we do fly into, was closed for 24 hours because of ash, and that was due to the wind. It's about 30 miles southwest of the airport, and so... Uh, that's my only concern is how think any future eruptions or activity would affect the airport. But as far as where we stay at, it has not been affected. And I asked the missionaries, have they taken in any children that have become orphaned because of the uh, volcano? And she says, we have not yet. She said, we are pretty much full. And, but she said, we have not been asked to to help with any of the, the, the child, any children needs that are, that are currently there. So thank you for your concern and be in prayer, uh, yes, for our team, but more for the people of Guatemala as they are suffering this tragedy right now. We rejoice with our graduate families. Yesterday was a big day for many in our area, some here this morning, and so we rejoice with our graduates and we just continue to pray for them as they chart a new course. One just said earlier, it says, I don't know what to do now, it just feels weird. Um, and I said, yeah, you know, but uh, be in prayer for them as they begin this new avenue. 
Let's continue to remember, well, first of all, as, as far as praises go, uh, the Honduras team that uh, many from, well, a few from Camps Creek, but our two of our own, uh, Celeste and Hannah, have arrived safely. Dennis reported that to me just a few moments ago in Honduras. And so be in prayer for them this week as they are there serving there in Honduras. We have two that just arrived safely from uh, Kenya, from in Africa, and uh, we uh, are grateful to have Mariah and Jeremiah back with us today safely, and we've heard from them briefly, and I look forward to some times as a church family that we may hear from them soon in a little more detail. Before I go into prayer, let's, let's keep going with praises. We, we have prayer requests every Sunday, and we don't spend enough time praising, do we? But Dave Gordon is at home. He's doing well. Uh, progress has been slow, but he is still moving in the right direction, and Carolyn and Dave are just grateful for your prayers and thoughts uh, during these critical uh, two or three weeks here, and so please know that they are so grateful. Let's be in prayer, continued prayer for Jane Surratt and for Joel Dobbins as they continue to chart their new course with some new treatments. And we know of others in our church family that just are very much in need of prayer at this time. Reed and Irene Murray. And um, I have an aunt that's in the hospital in Greensboro. She's on my mind this morning and is awaiting some test results. And most likely it will be cancer. And she just doesn't know exactly uh, how progressed that cancer is. And so she is on my mind this morning. That's my aunt Ellen. Let's go to the Lord now in a word of prayer. God, we're grateful that we can come to you with these concerns that at times leave us on our knees. But Lord, we're grateful that we can also come to you with our praises and um, uh, just rejoice in the good news that, that we're hearing this morning about safety with travel and, and people who have had uh, successful with, with surgeries and with treatments. Father, we just give you praise for that. Lord, I'm grateful uh, as our sermon series reminds us you are at work in us and I'm grateful that you are at work calling and sending people to Honduras and to Guatemala and all over the world to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ and to express love in the name of Jesus Christ by maybe a cup of water or serving or teaching or building or whatever it may be. God, we're grateful that you call us, that you not only call us to go to places far away, but you call us to be your presence right here in Boiling Springs. You tell us in Acts 1.8 to be your witnesses in our Jerusalem, our Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Father, we ask your forgiveness for where we often are not your witnesses. But Father, today we pray that you would continue to call out to us and that we would respond. We would respond with willing hearts. To some, that witness may be, again, the cup of water. It may be helping those that are in need, or at times that witness may be just a bold proclamation of our love for you to someone else. And so, Father, uh, give us the strength and the wisdom and the words when that witness needs to be spoken. Father, we lift up all these that are on our uh, prayer list today. We do pray for these that are in Honduras. We ask for uh, just blessings and provision and a fruitful ministry for them this week. We pray for the people of Guatemala that you would continue to be with them as they recover, help the churches and, and your people to have a tremendous response to this and that through that people would see and come to know you as Lord and Savior of their life. God, we lift up uh, Jane Surratt. We lift up Joel Dobbins. We think of Tom Poston and Ruth Pace and uh, Dave Gordon as he continues to heal. Lord, we think of others that just need a touch from you today. Lord, we pray for encouragement. We pray for ultimately for your healing hand on their lives. Lord, we ask for your blessings on our Bible school. It begins this evening and throughout the week. And Lord, we just pray for the teachers. We pray for energy and strength. But Father, we again pray that these children would come to know you and would hear the good news that is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ because it truly is good news. 
Father, we love you. We commit this time to you. I ask for your blessings on the sermon and music and I ask for your blessings on Daryl Bridges as he shares uh, what you've done in his life and how you have worked in his life up to this point. Lord, bless him and uh, surround him this morning and fill him with your presence in a very mighty way. God, we love you. We commit this time to you. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. When we are living is the name of this hymn. It's been around for some time, but it may not be familiar to several of us. Uh, and it was originally written in Spanish. I may be going out on a limb here, but my guess is that most of us don't speak Spanish or understand Spanish. I know there are a few of us who probably do. Uh, so there is a, a stanza written in Spanish, but we're not gonna sing that stanza today. We may venture to do it later, but not today. But we sing all four stanzas like they're written. And if you'll notice on the second page, at the end of each stanza, there's a little chorus that says, we belong to God, we belong to God. And then the fourth stanza, notice there's an extra line. And on the fourth stanza, we'll sing, we belong to God, we belong to God again. I hope those instructions make sense. We're going to play it all the way through one time so you can hear how it goes. And then we'll ask you to join in singing. So if you would, please stand. <coughs>
pray with me? Father, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for letting us be in this beautiful house. We know you're with us today. You've been so good to us, whether we deserved it or not. You gave us much, just asked for a little back. And now that we come to that time, please let us give freely and cheerfully. Take these offerings and tithes and bless them to your work. For it's in Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you, choir. Beautiful anthem. We are seekers of his heart. Last week, we began a new sermon series, God at Work. Last week's sermon was God Calls. Today is God Responds. Next week is God Sees. I don't know if you've noticed a trend here, but each of these words for sermon titles are action verbs. When we talk about God being at work, that is not a passive thing. It's not something in the past with his people, uh, the Israelites, or with us today. It's not something that took place at one point. God was at work, and God is not at work now, but God calls. He's continuously calling. He's continuously responding to the way we live our lives. He's responding to us. We often respond to him, but he's also responding to us. We're going to see that in our text today. But next week, we're looking at God sees, and God sees not as we see. And Samuel reminds us that as he was there with the sons of Jesse and calling out a new king as he eventually was David. Uh, Man, we don't see as God sees, and and we'll look at that next week. But uh, this morning in my own devotional time, I came across a verse that uh, I've read it before, but it, it stuck out in relationship to our sermon series. I want to read it before I read this passage from Samuel, but it's in Philippians 2.13. And Paul wrote these words. He says, for it is God who is at work in you. How appropriate. It is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. There are scripture verses and, of course, stories after story that reminds us that God is at work. Uh, It must have been 15, 20 years ago, I knew the stories from 1 Samuel about David and and these types of things and other stories that are in 1 Samuel, but when I first sat down and really read and digested the larger story that's going on within 1 Samuel, and so this summer, as you're looking for something to read, whether at home or at the beach or wherever it may be, if you have some extra time, I would encourage you to go back to 1 Samuel and begin to read how God was at work then and you can at times uh, and often throughout that as you read, realize how God is truly at work now in you and in us and in his world. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter, and I'm going to back up just a few verses from what's on your screen, but 1 Samuel 7 verse 15, and then we'll, it'll go right into uh, 8-4 here in a moment. Now Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. Samuel, was the, he was a, both the prophet and a judge, but he was the last judge for the nation of Israel. Samuel judged all Israel all the days of his life. He used to go annually on his circuit to Bethel and Gilgal and Mizpah, and he judged Israel on all of these places. Then, this is still chapter 7, then his return was to Ramah, for his house was there, and there he judged Israel, and he built there an altar to the Lord. So keep that in mind. He's, he's, he, he, he judges in different places. He's back in Ramah, which is his hometown. And so we pick up in verse 4 of 1 Samuel 8. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, behold, you have grown old. Now last week, Samuel was just born or just dedicated, just called, right? He was a young boy. So in a few chapters now, he's grown old. They said to him, behold, you have grown old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king for us to judge us like all the other nations. But the, things, but the thing was displeasing in the sight of Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. Verse seven, the Lord said to Samuel, listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. 
Like all the deeds which they have done since that day, I brought them up from Egypt even to this day. And in that day, they have forsaken me and served other gods. So they are doing to you also. Now then, listen to their voice. However, you shall not, however, you shall solemnly warn them and tell them of the procedure of the king who will reign over them. So Samuel spoke all the words to the the people who had asked him for a king. And he said, this will be the procedure of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and place them for himself in his chariots and among his horsemen, and they will run before his chariots. He will appoint for himself commanders of thousands of fifties and some to plow for the plowing and to reap his harvest and to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He goes on and on to talk about how the daughters will be perfumers and cooks and bakers. And he, he talks about all the different things that the king will ask of them. And down in verse 19, that's first Samuel eight, he says, nevertheless, the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel and they said, no, but there shall be a king over us. Verse 20, that we may also be like all the other nations, that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. If you read chapters 9 and 10, you learn about the search for Saul and the unique uh, environment that led to, his, um, to, his, to him becoming king. And in chapter 11, verses 14 and 15, you find these words. Samuel said to the people, come and let us go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. So all the people went to Gilgal and there they made Saul king before the Lord in Gilgal. There they also offered sacrifices of peace, offerings before the Lord and there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. I ask that you would bless the reading and the preaching of your word this morning. Stir in our hearts. Lord, may the message fall on good soil. Bless my words and the words of Daryl as he shares in just a moment. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we read through the story of 1 Samuel and think about the sermon series, God at Work, God is at work not only in 1 Samuel, but in your life and in mine in very unexpected ways. He was at work in unexpected ways then, he's at work in unexpected ways now. As I referenced the fact that Samuel was a young boy last week when God called him, Samuel is now an older man. Those unexpected ways that I just referenced are a little bit easier, I think, in our youthful days. But as we get older, We don't like the unexpected as much anymore, do we? It's inconvenient and it's unknown and it's insecure and it's, uh, we we just don't like the unexpected maybe as much as we did when we were younger. We want God to be at work, don't we? But not so much in the unexpected. We like the predictable. But when we follow God and we're open to his will in our life, I'd say more often than not, there are things that are not predictable. Last week, again, Samuel was young. He heard God's call in 1 Samuel 3. And in 1 Samuel 8, 5, it says, Behold, you have grown old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king for us to judge us like all the nations. These are the people of Israel coming to Samuel now and saying this. And I imagine for Samuel that it must have been disheartening as a leader, as a spiritual leader, judge and prophet for the people of Israel to hear the people come and to say, we no longer want to be, we don't want to govern ourselves under this theocracy, meaning that just God alone will lead us and, and you help, be, and, and you're our mediator between God, you know, and, and we no longer want to be governed this way, but we want a king. All the nations around us have a king. We want someone to fight our battles and to walk out before us. And I imagine, again, if I was Samuel, it was anything like you and me, it was, he was more open to God moving in unpredictable ways 
than he was again. He was less open to that than when he was younger. A major change is happening here for the people of Israel. Like I said, they're going from this theocracy, this being led of God, to now saying, we demand a king. And it's not that God didn't eventually have this in mind. We go back to Genesis, we go back to Deuteronomy, we go back to other passages of scripture that indicate this was God's will. Kingship for them was not wrong in and of itself, but the way the Israelites were demanding a king was wrong. And their motives were wrong. Number one, they wanted to follow the practices of their neighboring nations. Does this still not sound like something that we struggle with today? It may not be neighboring nations, but it may be neighbors. We, we want to be like the neighbors or we want to be like this other country, this other people group that are succeeding and are doing well. But yet they say, we want to be like all, all the neighboring nations have king, a king, we want a king. And they wanted a king not only... Uh, uh, to be like their neighbors, but they wanted a king to lead them into in battle. We need to remind ourselves that God delivered his people time and time again from their enemies, and why did they now need a king to lead them into battles? The stories of the people of Israel were told from leader after leader would remind them. We see that as we read through the scriptures. We see it in the Old Testament, in the New Testament as well, especially in Hebrews, being reminded even, even then to the Jewish people of what God has done up to this point. And they, they remind themselves, you know, God delivered them from Egypt, the miracles and the Red Sea and this and that. We, we constantly are reminded these people knew what God had done for them, but yet they said, no more. We want a king like all the other nations. What happened for the people of Israel often happens to you and me and the church at large as well. Despite God's watch care, the people are now ignoring God's guidance and they want to follow the practices of their neighbors. The people of Israel were following their neighbors instead of following the living God and his word and the word that he had given them. Samuel clearly communicated God's warning to the people, yet they stubbornly preferred their will to God's. Does this sound like anybody we know? I say that. I'm talking about myself and ourselves here as well. Judge, in Judges 21, 25, many of you know the scripture that says, in those days Israel had no king and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. A verse applicable to our situation today. In the end, God responded and let the Israelites have what they wanted. He said, all right, you want a king? Samuel warned them, these are the consequences. If they choose a king, these are the things that are going to be asked of them. Their sons and their daughters are going to be asked to do this. They're going to be asked to fight. They're going to be asked to plow in the king's garden. They're going to be asked to make iron and, and weapons, and they're going to be asked to do all these things. But yet, despite Samuel's warning, the people still said, we demand a king. And God said, God responded and said, Samuel, give the people what they want. The good news in the midst of this, and for the people of Israel and for us today, when we choose to go our own way, he sticks with us despite our deliberate turning away from him. God doesn't give up on us in the midst of our rebellion. He responds to us, he still pursues us. We may have to suffer the consequences of going our own way, but he is still there. This morning we have one who knows what it's like to have God with him, responding to him in the midst of life's ups and downs. And Daryl, if you'll make your way up here, 
uh, I appreciate Daryl Bridges sharing this morning in the midst of God being at work. I didn't want it to be just a sermon and where I'm up here and telling you how God is at work, but I wanted you to hear how God is at work and how God has been at work and how God is still at work. And so Daryl, I appreciate you and your dedication and commitment to share this morning, but what you do here for the church and in the community and and how you're a witness on the, on the job site as well, as you were talking to me this morning. And Daryl and I have talked, and uh, Daryl can be a little long-winded, but uh, he's, 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 he's going to address that here. I told him I'm going to come up and, and uh, pat him on the back and say, thank you, Daryl, for sharing this morning. Uh, but uh, Daryl, you come and you share what God has laid on your heart. Appreciate you. Good morning. Uh, I walked in here this morning, and I knew that God was in charge again. The pulpit is gone. That thing just always bothered me. It surrounded me and I was just so confined. And I'm like, okay, I, I can't stand in that box. I have to sort of move and talk. I don't need the mic, Keith. If you don't, anybody that knows me knows I don't need the mic. Uh, it's a blessing to be here today. You may be wondering when I get done if it was a blessing for you or not. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to share all the things that you do in my life. Lord, I ask you that you, you be with me this morning. Help me not to be long-winded, but to use the words that, that you give me uh, and the meditations that have come from my heart that you give me to glorify you through all. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you for being here and everybody. Uh, even if you saw the bulletin and you wanted to rush out this morning. Uh, I, I told Keith, uh, he hadn't experienced me talking before that the last time I was up here, I sat down in the choir loft at 12.15 and the guy beside me said, uh, I said, what time is it? He said, 12.15. I said, oh my goodness. Uh, and uh, I said, he said, it's okay. Everybody that wanted to leave at 12 left anyway. So if you want to leave at 12, if I'm not done, I, or I can do be a be continued thing, to be continued. Um, I, uh, I guess, start with my life journey, but I was born to parents that brought me to Bullen Springs Baptist Church, if I can get through all this. Uh, and and raised me here in, in this church. Uh, and I've been loved by this church family for 58 years. Um, I, uh, I was saved uh, at Vacation Bible School the first year that we had Vacation Bible School in this church. Uh, I made my profession of faith right here. I was baptized in that baptismal several weeks later. Um, and uh, and it, it was actually before they learned that they could lower the water. There's a water stain right there. Well, when you're about this tall at 10 years old, they had a milk crate up there that you could stand on. And T. Max Lennons uh, baptized me in that uh, baptismal standing on that milk crate. And as I went back across, I had to hop to keep my head above water. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then uh, at about age 12, I joined the Boy Scouts uh, and, and, and went through the Boy Scout program uh, and became an Eagle Scout uh, at 15. Um, and 
all those things uh, in those early years helped mold me and make me who I am right now. Uh, long about late teenage years, uh, I chose a path that was not God's plan for me. Um, and it took me till I was 30 something years old to recognize that. Um, I, uh, I went to college uh, and I uh, came home from college and decided that college wasn't for me after a couple of years and then went into work in the construction industry eventually and found that I had an aptitude for that and I really enjoyed uh, building and the geometry of it, uh, the mathematics of it, and, uh, and that, so that became what I thought God was wanting me to do. And so I started building houses and um, then uh, I, uh, about, let's see, 1991, 1991, I decided that uh, I wanted to buy a hardware store and my parents uh, supported me in that. And through that hardware store, it introduced me to some men that were strong Christians and very faithful uh, and helped me through a, some hard times. One B, uh, well, I'll back up a little bit. I'm trying to keep in chronological order. Um, I met my wife uh, in 1993 at the um, Her and her daughter came in one day to buy some nails or something, and uh, and I uh, I fell in love, um, and so. Shortly after that, well, let's say we'll say six months after that, we were married here in this church, uh, and uh, and but I still wasn't coming to church. I uh, wasn't spending time in church. Uh, I know my mother had been praying for me for many years. Then I had my wife praying for me to come back to church. Uh, came back, you know, on Sundays just for for worship or something, but. Um, <laughs> Buddy Moorhead was teaching a Sunday school class in the scout hut, and he invited me to come to that Sunday school class. Uh, and there's God called me again. Of all the places here at Bullfrey Baptist Church, the scout hut was very appealing to me because I had some great memories of scouts. And, and so I came to Sunday school and started joining Sunday school and began to feel God moving me and calling me to do other things. Um, still operating my hardware store uh, and looking towards getting back into the construction industry uh, with my father when he retired. Uh, that wasn't a part of God's plan. I lost my father. Uh, to cancer you know, on September 19th, 1996, and um, big setback. Um, but due to uh, some of those men that came to the hardware store, um, 
My, old, my first scoutmaster, Carl Hedrick, I called him Tub. He shared with me. Uh, many of you know Bobby and Hilda Lale, the custodians that were here at our church for many years. Bobby's father, Roy Lale. Uh, he, uh, he was very faithful and he helped me through that along with my uncle Charles. Um, my uncle's been there for me all my life um, and helping me when I needed guidance. Thank you, Uncle Charles. Um, but getting through all that, uh, uh, the hardware store failed in about 1998 and we got rid of it. And God took me in a different direction back to building houses. Um, and so through that, uh, a friend here at the church and was a friend of my family for years, Bob Hunt was the director of Baptist men at that time. And he decided he wanted to step down. He asked me to take over as Baptist men's director. And I said, sure, there's somebody else that's better than me at this. He said, no, I think you've got, you got what you need. And so God calls. I felt like I needed to respond. Um, so I did and got involved with disaster relief. And um, and first thing they tell you at disaster relief is learn your personal testimony. Be willing to share it. It ain't about the work that you're doing. It's about sharing uh, and sharing God's love with the people you come in contact with. And, and so I thought, well, what's my testimony? My testimony is that I was born to a family that brought me to church and loved me enough to teach me about God and the sacrifice that Jesus made for my life and for everybody's life by the shedding of his blood for us. And, you know, for a while I was envious of people that had a Damascus Road experience and had a blinding light. They could point to the day that they knew that Jesus was Lord of their life. And I'm like, I accepted Christ at vacation Bible school, but uh, I've always known that God loved me by my church family, uh, always being there for me every time I needed them. Even when I wasn't doing what God wanted me to do, they were always there. There was always somebody giving me a note or just a pat on the back saying, it's okay, Daryl. Um, then, after my father passed away, um, my uh, mother and my father were serving on the ordinance committee. And uh, they asked me to fill my father's place. What an awakening. I stood at the doorway coming out of the baptismal as Brandon Boone got baptized uh, the first time I had to serve and could see the Holy Spirit remind me that this is where, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what God wanted me to do. Uh, and he loved me through everything I've been through. Um, I, uh, so I continue to try to be faithful. Um, every time I turn around, somebody's asking me to do something. Barbara Lale says, Daryl, I'll be on the jail ministry. 
I said, no, I don't want to do that. He said, so yeah, let's go do that on jail ministry. So I go to the jail ministry, except that I figured God's calling again, you know. So I go on the jail ministry. And uh, one of the first times that we were there, a gentleman named Michael Smith was there, and he gave us a picture. Uh, I don't know if Barbara still has hers, but I carry mine with me in my Bible. Uh, it's a picture of Jeremiah sitting on a rock, writing, and tree in the background, and it says, uh, the verse that is inscribed there is Jeremiah 29, 13. Uh, and I want to read a couple more verses that speak to me uh, and, and have spoken to me for years as I try to respond to God's call in my life. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you and be found by you, declares the Lord, and bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from the nations. Whoops, I missed a part. I will seek, if you, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And that is the verse that's inscribed in that picture, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Many times in my life when I struggled, I wasn't looking for God with all my heart. And we as Christians don't recognize how much God loves us till we seek him with all our heart. Um, how we doing? We good? Getting close. Um, I, uh, but I went that day up into the prison, spoke to a few guys through the door, the little doors in the prison cells. And then there was one young man about 18 years old in a cell by himself. Uh, and I sat down with him and talked to him about his experiences. And he told me, didn't have a father in his life. Father's Day's coming up, guys, what a blessing to have a father. But his mother had washed her hands of him, wouldn't take his calls. She went, how to do with him? Um, recognize that it's a blessing to be loved by a family that never gives up on you and a God that never gives up on us. Uh, always willing to do what he needs to do to help us if we will just ask. Um, he responds to us in ways that we don't recognize uh, till maybe you've been get like 58 years old or something and you've seen so many things happen. Uh, I've got stories after stories of the way that God has worked in my life and blessed me through this church. Uh, but this church family and God's love is my testimony. God calls us to do things. Keith called me Tuesday afternoon and said, would you speak? I'm like, you don't know what you're asking, Keith. <laughs> I 
But I felt like it was God calling me. My brother, uh, who I work with now, uh, my employment has changed and I end up working with my brother in a specialized area of construction in the concrete business uh, who has become a great source of strength and inspiration for me uh, since he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Um, told me Friday afternoon, I was worried about, you know, I'm long-winded, I like to talk. If you want to sit and talk to me, I'll talk to you. I'll talk about anything you want to talk about. But when I get to talking about how God has blessed me, he can go on and on. And he told me Friday afternoon, he said, just let the Holy Spirit talk through you. So got a whole bunch of notes up here about how God has loved me through families in this church uh, in ways that, uh, that he knows, that many of you know, uh, for those of you that have uh, blessed me to be working in your homes, I thank you. Um, I, uh, it, it, it's, it's a great blessing to know that people that I've worked with love the Lord. Uh, and, and they appreciated what I did for them, and I appreciated what they did for me. Uh, not just monetary, but guidance that they gave me while I was working in their homes. Uh, and with that, I'm going to give it back to you, Keith. Thank y'all. Appreciate your words. You know, I, I thought of a couple of things I just want to mention as, I, as we close this morning, but it might be afternoon, I don't know, but don't look at your watch. Um, but uh, I think of the difference between a trip and a journey. A trip is short term. You go on a trip this summer. Many of you will go on a trip this summer. You take a field trip from school with this idea that you're going to be back at the end of the day. And sometimes it may be an overnight trip, but nevertheless, trip is very different from a journey. And as we talk about God working in our lives, sometimes we can go on maybe short term trips spiritually. Uh, camp experience or some great high spiritually or something where just it was awesome but we look back over life it's more like that journey it's more like this this thing that's taken place over the course of time and Daryl what you shared with us this morning was your journey and what that's looked like for you and uh, it has this idea that uh, you know when you think of a journey it has this idea of there are difficult days and it, there, may, there may be in trips but there's difficult days and journeys and we just we struggle. There's, we go through times of difficulty and times where we really have to put forth great effort in the midst of our journey. And uh, Daryl, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your journey. And for those of you that want to sit and listen and, and let Daryl talk some more about his journey, I'm sure he'd be welcome to, to an opportunity for you to do that. I want to say one more thing as we close. As we think about God responding to us in the midst of sometimes our rebellion and how he doesn't leave us there, um, two words that also I want to compare and contrast in, as I close, and that's the word react and the word respond, because I'm grateful that we, don't, that we do not have a God who has a knee-jerk reaction to our rebellion, but we serve a God who has a thoughtful response to our rebellion. It's different to respond to somebody than it is to react to somebody. If you want to argue that with me, we can argue later. But um, I'm grateful that we don't have a God that just reacts, but we have a God who diligently and, and thoughtfully responds. And um, I'm grateful as well as we move into invitation that we have a God who responded to our greatest need. 
And that was our need for a savior. And by, he did that by sending his response, not his reaction, but his response was to send his son, Jesus Christ, to be the propitiation or the sacrifice, the atonement for our sins so that you and I can have purpose and hope in this life and have hope for the next as well. And, and Daryl, I'm grateful for how you responded. God responds to us, but I'm grateful for how you responded to God's love, not only as a young child, but even as an adult who went on your own journey and uh, once more needed to respond and look back to him. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for uh, your word. We're thankful for the sermon and for music and for Daryl's testimony. And Father, we're grateful that you are at work in our lives, not just in the past, but right now today. And Father, I have no idea, but I imagine that there are people here today that are from all walks of life, uh, maybe some here today that have never put their faith and trust in you today. And God, maybe they're looking for that direction whether it's the young student or whether it's someone uh, that's lived for many years. And Father, they need you in their life. And so Father, today I pray that they would commit their heart and their life to you. Lord, I, there may be some today that have just simply lost, lost their direction. Lord, as Daryl talked about that, as we've all had times in our life, maybe seasons of life where we've gone off the path that you have for us. And Lord, I pray that they would know today that there is hope, hope for restoration, hope for redemption and hope for guidance and redirection. And Father, may they find that in you. Lord, have your will and your way in us as we stand and sing. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to stand. We're gonna sing, Open My Eyes That I May See, hymn number 395. If the Lord is speaking to you this morning in a way that you would wanna respond, I encourage you to do that. I'd love to talk with you, pray with you. If you desire to talk about church membership, we're welcome to do that as well. Let's stand and sing together.
God, we're grateful for your presence in our lives. We're grateful that you are at work among your people, both here, both in Honduras and Guatemala and all over the world. Help us to be faithful witnesses to you here in Boiling Springs in our Jerusalem and remind others that you are at work in our world and help us to know how we can respond to your will and ways. Father, we love you. We're grateful for your presence here with us today. Thank you for Daryl and his willingness to share his testimony. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please speak with Daryl as well and thank him for sharing this morning.